Welcome back. Ed, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. How about you? I feel good. I feel yeah. real good. I yeah. hope this isn't our last podcast. Why? Because we are expecting a wintry mix, as is apparently happening out there right now. Um, Why would it? Oh, so yeah. you got like in a car accident? <laughs> I just need to make it home, okay? It's quad replace you. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. Jeff, uh, what are you doing on Tuesday night? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how, how's your week been? Been all right? I, We're I halfway mean, there. It's Wednesday. It is? Um, halfway there. You know, got got a big weekend coming up. I got feedback in my headphones because it's a so new bad. computer. Yep. I got that fixed now. Um, yeah, no, I'm doing great, man. Good. Drinking, um, some, uh, drinking some whiskey. All right. I'm well, on that whiskey kick. Very good. Well, um, we got a big week here for you on the podcast, so without further delay, UC basketball, football, one or the other, both. All right, so we had him earlier in the season. Uh, we had him on, it was actually in between the uh, UCLA-Miami games. Yeah, back in September. And we got him back. So, Justin Williams, <laughs> welcome back to Pardon the Punctuation. Um, Justin is of The Athletic. Um, so, we're going to get started with UC football. Um, like I said, last time we talked it was between uh, UCLA Miami. And this team was kind of just discovering the new toys that they had in Desmond Ritter and Michael Warren II. So, how do you feel they've developed this year? Yeah, I mean Warren has been pretty remarkable, and I I think it's all it's almost gotten to the point. That, you know, UC fans love Warren, and I saw on Twitter that a bunch of people were pissed when he wasn't on the Duke Walker list and all that kind of stuff. But it almost feels like it's a little bit taken for granted how good he's been. Um, I think people forget like he wasn't even technically the starter coming into the the season. Right, it was supposed to be Dokes. Dokes. Yeah, exactly. Dokes was the leading rusher from last year, and, and Warren, you know, Flash is a freshman, and I think people thought, like, oh, Dokes and, and Warren will be a good good one-two punch, but Dokes was kind of the main guy. And the fact that Warren's been able to come in from game one and just completely carry the load and, you know, had, you know, McClellan's had some, some big some big games and some big touchdowns, and Thomas has come in and run a couple guys over, but it's, it's really been Warren who's really handled it. Uh, and so I definitely think it's pretty amazing that I think he was going to be good and people thought he would contribute, but I don't think anyone expected him to be this much of a, a workhorse. And then Ritter, I mean, that's the one that I think more surprising overall. Uh, I went back and was reading some stuff that we had done on the site, like before the season and kind of coming out of camp just to try and remind myself how everything was looking then. And like, you know, I wrote that Hayden Moore had a better camp out at higher ground. I, I, I think I still think Hayden Moore had a better camp out there, uh, and so the, the fact that Ritter just came in in that UCLA game, and I think everyone expected him to get some get some snaps and maybe get a chance to show what he can do, but he came in on the third series and just never never looked back. I mean, Hayden, the only time Hayden has come in is for a quick couple injury snaps or he loses a helmet or something like that. I mean, it has been his job ever since, and to see even the way he's grown in that where he had some big passing games. He had the game against Temple where he struggled, but then was able to, uh, to bounce back after that. Like, right. You know, the way he has developed this quickly, I think has even taken some of the coaches and, and people on staff 
by spreads. It's been exciting to watch. Um, you know, just kind of a Willie Beeman type takeover <laughs> by Desmond Ritter here. Did you just hit us with a every given Sunday? Any given, any given Sunday, Sunday yeah. quote? Yeah. All right, then. Um, so I kind of want to get to the defense as well because um, this continued to be a reason that the Bearcats have found ways to win these games. So who have the standout players been on defense this year as you see it? I mean, Fickle talks about it pretty much every every practice, every, every post-game. Uh, Copeland and, and Broughton up front, inside. Uh, and I think you have to throw Kamani fits in there, partly because he's a senior, but also just because he's not really rotating too much. Those three guys are out there, you know, the most out of anybody. But especially those two inside guys, you know, they, they both had good seasons before. They both have gotten some kind of all-conference mentions uh, the past couple of years, but they, they've played out of their minds this season. Uh, both really good um, just in terms of playing within themselves, but sticking to the scheme and the game plan. And it's showing up. You know, I think Broughton had 10 tackles against Navy or something like that. Um, Copeland's just pretty much impossible to move uh, every week. And so I think it starts up with, up front with those guys. You know, I sound like trickle the way I'm saying that. Uh, <laughs> but really, that's, you know, their ability to both get pressure, stop the run, kind of handle everything up front and inside it makes it that much easier for for the linebacks in the secondary who are you know the whole defense overall is vastly improved from last season but the navy game is a shining example of that up front go ahead i was going to say the navy game was a shining example of how much the defense has changed compared to last year right the same game yeah and you could tell a week leading up to that game like sickle was that that game from last season was still really like stuck with him um you know that tuesday practice which is always kind of their full go i mean he was as locked in as i've seen him in any practice he was coaching the scout team and everything like he really was bothered by that game last year and you know that seeing the way just the complete change that they had in in that game and you even see like you know navy put up some points and yards against ucf and, and they scored against notre dame and the fact that you see shut them out and just really controlled them the entire game is, is I think a testament to not how much be- not only how much better they are but also just how how well they're able to prepare and focus uh, and game plan for specific teams so kind of getting back to last week um, what were some of your takeaways in the win against South Florida which I felt was supposed to be a little bit tougher of a game than it actually turned out to be yeah, I mean, you know, especially when you consider like they were down to it halftime, um, but even the whole season leading up to it, even when they started out strong, I think everyone, myself included, was saying, well, they're going to have these two games against the Florida teams toward the end of the schedule, you know, right. are they going to be able to hang with either of those? And South Florida is kind of reeling a little bit, so I, I think part of it was on them. They didn't have their starting quarterback. I think all that stuff goes into it. Um, but it was just UC's ability to, even when they were behind at halftime, or even when South Florida was able to hit some big plays. Like they didn't, they never got rattled. It never kind of pulled them out of it. They still stuck with running the ball with Mike Warren and playing, you know, tough defense. You know, they they never kind of lost the thread on that. Um, I do think one of the things that was interesting is South Florida has been a really good running team all year, and even without their starting quarterback, like they they took some shots downfield, and I think the reason you're seeing some teams do that. Tulane did that a little bit. UConn did that a little bit, even though neither of those teams are as good, in my opinion, as South Florida. 
you know, overall the whole season. I think teams are realizing we're going to have no shot if we just try and attack this team in the box or, or go after their front seven. And we're also probably not going to have a great shot even if we try to throw the ball down the field, but maybe we'll get lucky and, and hit a couple or have some busted coverages. Um, you know, I don't want it to sound like that's the easy thing is to throw on UC because I think they have a really good pass defense. But it almost seems like teams are saying this might be our best shot to score uh, is to just kind of chuck it and see if we can make something happen. And it'll be interesting that against Central Florida because they are by far the team best equipped uh, to do that against them that UC has played this season. Which brings me to my next question is, what are we going to have to do to keep up with Central Florida here? Yeah, Fickle talked about this week, you know, his big thing was about pace. Um, that, you know, the, the pace they play with is, I think they get like 70, 70 snaps a game or something ridiculous like that. Uh, I'll be interested to see if they do change defense at all in the back end. I mean, they are they're a press man coverage team they kind of put their cornerbacks on islands on the outside and uh you know hope that up front and in the linebacking core they're able to get to the quarterback and and create enough pressure that they give those guys time to to, to, or don't give them too much time to get open the receivers and so you know i wonder if you'll see the uc drop more safeties into zone coverage or anything like that or they might just say like look this has worked all season and sure we might give up uh, a big play once or twice uh, but overall we've we've had a ton of success we're a top 10 defense doing this and even though it's a really good team we're not going to change what we do so I think it'll be interesting to see how they how they approach the the central Florida offense it'll again by far the best team they've played but if you look at what some other teams have done like Temple put up 60 points um against Houston and Temple, you know, barely scored 20 or 24 or whatever it was. SMU put up a bunch of points the other week. Tulane's put up a bunch of points. And when these teams play against UC, they just are, you know, scratching to get first downs and get into the red zone. So I think it'll be uh, a real testament to just how good this defense is going against Central Florida. I'm super excited to watch. I had an opportunity to go and I wasn't able to actually make it all work out, but it saddens me a little bit. Um, but it should be it should be a really good game. Um, I know that some of the rumors floating around on Twitter are that ESPN made sure that UC was in the CFP top twenty-five in order to boost ratings for Saturday. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I I have a hard time believing that just because that you know ESPN's really tied into this the whole college football playoff obviously having these having the games and you know i don't think they like the central florida controversy and and central florida thinking they should be in the playoff and a bunch of people thinking they should have a shot at it uh, and then there's all the people i don't think you know I, I think if central florida were to lose you'd see them really drop out of there quick i you know i think you could make the argue, reasonably make the argument that you should, you should have been higher when you look at teams like kentucky and mississippi state that are ranked above them, you know, I, I realize those teams play in the SEC and have a harder right. schedule. Uh, but, you know, if you can only you can only play your schedule, you can only play the teams in front of you. You see, went to UCLA and won. They've played, you know, some tough MAC teams and, and, and won. And if they beat Central South Florida and beat Central Florida uh, and end up with one loss on the season, if they take care of business at ECU, I, I don't, you know, I'm not expecting them to be a top 10 
CFP team and, and getting the in the 14 playoff or anything like that, but I think you can only ding them so much for being able to, to beat the competition that they that they play. Well, and I think you can make the argument that that loss was a good loss in that it was at Temple in overtime. I don't know. Um, yeah, and then and Fickle talked. Yeah, I don't. I know coaches always say like, "Oh yeah, there was some good that came out of the loss." They'd all rather not lose, but he was just really happy with the way that the team bounced back from the loss. And so I think that was just another sign to have how much they've matured and grown. Uh, and if they could go back and and make it a win, they would certainly do that. But it, it, it's not like they lost to Tulane or lost to you know UConn or or something ridiculous like that. It's not. It doesn't look like a terrible loss on the resume. And I think they they probably felt like they got some good out of it. Well, and that's a huge difference between the Fickle regime versus the Tuberville regime. So, um, yeah. Speaking of Fickle, though, if we win this game. What are the odds that we lose Fickle? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, obviously, I talked to him about it this week, and it was brought up in, in his press conference, and it's it's the buzz out there because he's mentioned in either the Louisville job, or the Purdue job, the Louisville job, and the Purdue job. First of all, and I've said this all season and will always say this, like I will never pretend to know or understand college coaches thought process and decision making when it comes to jobs and, <laughs> you, you know because there's a lot of times where you think like oh my gosh this is a perfect job and a perfect situation and this guy could stay there forever and be successful and make millions of dollars but it always seems like they still those bigger schools bigger budgets bigger salaries they're always you know pulled away by those things it seems like in every situation uh so i think if anyone's like oh yeah Luke Fickle's going to stay here for the next 10 to 12 years and just basically build a dynasty either in the American or he's going to get him into a bigger conference. I think that's a little foolish. I don't think it's ridiculous to, to assume or think that he'll be back next season. He's going to get attention efficiently Saturday. Um, but I, I, I don't think that the, uh, the Purdue job or the Louisville job, I, you know, even though they can offer more money and better conferences, I don't know that that's just an immediate draw for him. Um, I think there are schools and programs that would do that. Ohio State's the obvious one, but I don't think they're the only one. Um, but I don't think it's like the first good, bigger program that shows interest in him. I don't think he's going to necessarily you know, be looking to, to take that that job immediately. But I also don't think that if he, if he maybe turns down some interviews or just you know decides he wants to stay at, at Cincinnati next season, I don't think that means like never ever going to leave uh he's too young and, and honestly seems like too good of a coach to to make that assumption about but the other thing that you know the UC fans remember how bad it was under Tuberville and I know it's frustrating when you get a good young coach and you leave um but I think that experience with Tuberville for a lot of fans is a reminder that it could it could always be a little bit worse absolutely oh, <laughs> <laughs> I could have to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Ohio State's the one that scares me the most, but I don't want to get into any of the uh, Urban Meyer Ohio State drama. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, if he's, if they're like, "Hey, we're going to completely gut house, and we want you to come right. back and, and do it," then that's probably a job he would 
ever be able to turn down, and I don't think anyone would blame him. But absolutely not. I don't. I don't know if that's happening next season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. But that that would be the obvious one. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, whenever that opens up, and if if they want him back, if he's the guy they have in mind, I'm not sure of that either. Well, kind of switching gears to uh, UC basketball. Unless you had anything else on football, Ed. No, I'm good. All right, cool. Um, so before we get into any of the nitty gritty of the, the team, what are your thoughts of the re- renovated arena? Um, do you have like a favorite feature or anything? What, what's your thoughts on it? I, I mean, it's just it, it's you know it, it feels great being in there. It, it feels kind of like a big time program or arena. In terms of the stuff that um, I'm dealing with, you know, like I'm not. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not hanging out at different bars during the game and stuff like that. But uh, in terms of you know where I come in and being able to walk right onto the floor and just kind of the ease of access and getting around, that that seems like the biggest thing. Is I remember walking into that old arena and the whole like there's no first floor concourse, having to walk up the right. steps and walk back down the steps. Yep. It's when you think about how unfunctional that was now, it's almost kind of ridiculous that a program of Cincinnati stature that was that was where they were they were playing uh so definitely when you're in there now like you you feel like the the arena is befitting of how much success the program's had over the past few years yeah we were in there for um the exhibition exhibition game and aaron said how the old stadium felt segregated like you you know there's either on one one side or the other right and it just feels open now like everybody's there together when you think about that big, that one just big plain wall that you would walk across, and now you're like you're looking at like why the hell would they even have that? What was the point of <laughs> yeah. the way it was before? When you see the way it is now, um, so and you know I, you pre- can pretty much do that with any old arena or stadium, but it definitely feels a lot more cohesive now. I agree. So are the pyros going to be for like the big games only, or are they going to because they didn't bring them out last night? Um, so I don't yeah, know. I don't, you had any I'm not sure either. I don't know if maybe they have like a one pyro week limit or <laughs> or something. Or they definitely are still like feeling out some kinks um, and and figuring some things out. So uh, I, I did not ask uh, or hear anywhere last night if if you know those are only reserved for you know bigger draws or conference games or or something like that. I'll be interested to see if they uh, if they bust them back out on Friday night. Agreed. So kind of going back to Ohio State because we weren't able to actually record or anything last week um, for Ed's computer issues. Computer <laughs> God. <laughs> um, what do you think the biggest problem was to Ohio State if we get past the obvious things like the field goal percentage? Because um, my thoughts, and I think I even left a message for you on uh, your article on The Athletic, is that it was lack of movement on the offense and just kind of wondering if they were sucked up in the moment of the spectacle of opening the arena, Kenny and Martin being there, just kind of some of those things. Yeah, I mean, you know, Cronin's answer would be would be defense, which I know drove so many fans crazy after that game. <laughs> um, but I think I think the point he was trying to make in, in his very Cronin specific way is that this team is not going to be able to count on its offense. To, to win games and honestly that has rarely been you know something UC's been able to, to do now they've definitely had better offensive teams and, and offensive players than they might have this season um, 
but he's kind of making the point that the, the team is going to have to be really, really good on defense and just really good in terms of it can't cover up as many mistakes as maybe it could with Jared Clark and, and Jacob Evans, that they're going to have to limit those mistakes as well as possible because they don't have enough transcendent or good players to, to mask those. I think it was just, you know, they're playing a good, tough team. Uh, I, I think it's going to take them a while to transition, and there's been seasons in the past where they don't have that team that early, you know, on the roster. I think if you look at last season, they opened with, you know, basically the the North Carolina Centrals and the Milwaukee's, Appalachian States, or, you know, whatever they are. I think if you have those two or three games and then play Ohio State, that game looks a little bit different. Right. Um, because I think they're just going to have to take a few games to kind of get their get their feet wet and, and get their rhythm a little bit. As much as you can go at each other in practice or play these Canadian teams or play an exhibition or whatever, you know, it's there's really no way to simulate getting out there and having a scouting report and, and having a, a team that's really trying to win and knows the game counts. And when that team is Ohio State, who, you know, I think is going to have its own kind of rebuilding year this, this season and maybe have some struggles and some growing pains. Um, but if it's if it's all of that's happening and you have a bad night shooting, like, yeah, it's going to end up looking bad. Uh, and, and so I, I think the way this team plays in late January and February is is not going to resemble at all. Even a game like last night, Tuesday night, where they win by 25 or 30 or whatever it is against a clearly inferior team. But I, I just think they're going to figure it out eventually along the way. You know, Cronin mentioned he's still figuring out lineups and, and stuff like that. With, with this many guys in new roles, it's just going to take them a little bit of time, I think. Well, kind of speaking about lineups, it was obvious that Brooms lost a little bit of his favor with Cronin. Um, was, is there anything to look into that as after last night? And, again, another poor performance by him. Yeah, I think it's a combination of two things. I, I do think part of the reason he started Keith Williams uh, and he said this afterward, it makes a lot of sense that that playing with Jaron and and Jennifer makes more sense defensively and just at, from an athleticism standpoint. You know, Jennifer, Broom, Jaron, if those are your three different guards out there, it's, they don't have, you know, a lot of athleticism in terms of what you described as playing above the rim, which Keith Williams and Logan Johnson definitely have that. Um and so I think having you lose some scoring power, but you have a guy who can rebound and block shots uh, and cut and flash and, and things like that when Williams is starting. And then Cronin also just said that he feels like, based on what he saw this summer, that Williams, for whatever reason, he can, he's a little more comfortable when he starts. It maybe helps him get into the groove of the game a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, that, if it has the adverse effect on Kane. I do think... Kane had a bad shooting night against Ohio State, and then I do think he was a little bit shaky uh, Tuesday night. I don't think he was against Ohio State, but I think he had like a week to think about how bad that game was, and then he got in there and he missed his first shot, and then he had to travel, and Cronin yanked him, you know, gave him a quick hook. But I think like if that first three that he shot went down, the game looked completely different for him. So I'm not like hitting the panic button yet on Kane Broom. I, I just think it's been a bad couple of games for him, and he needs a game where he, hits, he gets a couple jumpers to fall and uh, gets in a little bit of a rhythm, and I think he can kind of take off from there. But I do, I, I do think that K 
Keith Williams starting going forward and probably having Kane come off the bench will be what we see at least for the near future. Uh, but I think that's more matchup, lineup, decision-making than Cronin saying that he wasn't happy with, with the way Kane has played or anything like that. As long as Keith keeps doing his thing, I mean, he was he was making points, making shots, um, and seemed confident about it, especially that one uh, acrobatic layup that he had, um, which is right, the, Euro, yeah. the Euro step. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's gonna. You know, I don't think he's not gonna be a fifteen a night scorer. But if he can use his athleticism to get rebounds and get block shots and get some steals and get some, he had an offensive rebound. You know, and one put back. Um, uses his athleticism to get in the lane and, and get some up facing shots. You know, if he can do that and even just get six to ten points a game regularly, not turn the ball over. Uh, I mean, that's that's exactly what they need out of him. And, and you could say the same thing about the way Justin Jennifer played. Uh, outside of rebounding, you could say the same thing about the way um, Trayvon Scott played. Uh, you know, there was definitely some sign and how some of those role players did last night that, that shows that if they can do that consistently, even if it's not the same guy every night, but if a handful of two or three of them can do it consistently, uh, and then, you know, Jared gets in a rhythm and Kane kind of gets back into a flow, that seems to me like the formula um, for them to be successful this year. Absolutely. It was good to see them spreading the ball around, spreading the love around. Um, lots of guys in double digits last night. Um putting up 70 which huge improvement on a 14 percent field goal percentage <laughs> first half against ohio state um so what do you think we should be looking for against milwaukee here on friday i think it'll it'll look a, similar to to tuesday night just in terms of maybe still messing around with minutes um and, and lineups and seeing how different guys play together I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't start. If when if when Kane comes in, they maybe run a play or two for him, trying to get him an easy basket uh, and get him going a little bit. Maybe just get his confidence up. Um, but I, I I think Cronin in and towards the end of the season will look back and maybe in some ways be glad if they had that Ohio State game first um, to just kind of be a little bit of a wake up call and to maybe show exactly how good they're going to have to be. Uh, to compete with you know the best teams in American or some of these bigger name uh, non-conference games that they have, and these these games you know the Milwaukee's and the North Carolina Centrals. I think they play South Carolina State at some point. Those are the games where he can you know experiment a little bit and may, and maybe find out what's the best buttons to push and and what's the best matchups uh, when they get in those bigger games. I mean, I've just been excited to see some of the energy they brought out, um, especially with Logan and Logan. all that. <laughs> he's oh, he's my new favorite player. I think he's everybody's new favorite player. Um, when he came out and just started, yeah, no, started clapping. Yeah. He's, he's definitely like he's already stealing hearts from people in that arena, and um, I, I don't see that ending anytime, anytime soon. I think every game he gets out there, he's going to probably feel a little bit something different that he can do and it's just going to have people getting more and more excited it's awesome to see uh yeah. just a freshman coming out with that kind of energy just as soon as he was in the game against ohio state that was the first time like that everybody got amped so um speaking of young kids though samari curtis officially signed today from xenia um what are we going to look forward to him next year he's he's a scorer and um at least you know 
it's it's always a little different at the high school level. You know, guys are able to the competition is isn't as good. Um, even guys that aren't great offensive college players, you know, maybe score pretty well in high school. But I think he's he's a scorer. You know, maybe in a way that UC doesn't often have in recruits. I don't want to say like he's you know the offensive player that Lance Stevenson was or something like that. I think he's actually a little bit more. Uh, well-rounded um, and maybe a little less offensive-minded than that, but he can shoot. He can score from pretty much anywhere. Uh, he definitely has that kind of combo guard mentality, which I think can sometimes turn teams off. But UC has seemed to have a lot of success with those types of players, whether it's Troy Copain or Sean Kilpatrick or, or even Jacob Evans, Jaron Cumberland to a degree. Um, and from everything that I've heard, just from like talking to high school coach and, and teammates and people that know him is he's a, he's a hard worker. And, you know, for the most part, Cronin and that staff don't recruit guys that aren't going to come in and work hard and, and care about defense. Uh, so that, that isn't a total surprise. But when you hear, when you hear that from people at all different levels who have known him for a while, uh, that he's, you know, the guy who's always first in the weight room and, and cares about his game and cares about basketball and loves the game of basketball. He, he seems like one of those guys that UC fans are just going to really fall in love with, similar to kind of the, a, a Logan Johnson situation, I think. Well, it's kind of a – it's there's like so many different layers to this for me because, A, we need a scorer. Um, yes. B, he's from Xenia, so I feel like we're going to have an automatic fan section for him. And C, <laughs> we stole him from Xavier, and that feels so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think Xavier and UC, you know, they haven't, I don't think, made a, a habit of recruiting similar guys a ton. Um, Agreed. Like, past year or so, they've, they've actually done that a little bit more. Uh, but, yeah, he, he seems to be coming in at a time when they definitely need the skills that he has. And that's like, actually, I mean, you're looking at, you know, the the guys they're losing. They're losing a couple of guards this year. Uh, you know, Jaron Cumberland, you know, you look at what happened with Jacob Evans last year, what if, what if Jaron plays great and decides to leave early or something like that. So that there's a reason why they're going after that type of player for next season. Uh, but uh, I definitely think if, as if the rivalry needed any more extra added juice, this, <laughs> this is just one more one more thing come, you know, 2019 that uh, I think it's going to be in Centos next year. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how he is yep. received. Well, the, the Xavier fans said they didn't. They didn't really want him after he signed. So <laughs> they may not be too jealous. Sure, uh, sure. So I got a last couple questions for you here. Uh, is Oscar Robertson coming back? You know, he wasn't. From what I heard, he wasn't at many games last season, and I think part of that was uh, obviously it, you know it was across the, the river right. in Kentucky, and so maybe that's the case. He still has those seats. Um, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where Oscar's been around a long time. Maybe, maybe a Tuesday night against uh, North Carolina Central is just not quite enough uh, as you're getting up there in years to, to get out to it. But I, I think you'll see him there this season. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's not like he won't show up or anything like that. I just saw Kenyon Martin lounging in his seat against Ohio State. I wondered <laughs> if that was like the passing of the torch. I know, obviously, we're recruiting. Kenyan son, so I didn't know if that was like a sign of what's to come or something. But um, we're gonna lose him to West Virginia. <laughs> Did you actually get to meet Kmart while he was here? 
I he was walking around and, and shaking hands with people and talking to people. So um, you know, I didn't go up and bug him because that he was talking to fans and that's that's what he's there for. But uh, it was it was definitely there's certain guys who just when they when they come back here, like I can't imagine what it'll be like when Gary Clark comes back here because. If I have learned anything in my short time on this beat, it is that UC fans <laughs> freaking love Gary Clark. That's um, a problem. But Kenyon Martin is definitely one of those guys too. So it, it was kind of it was great to see him just walking around early and interacting with fans and people, you know, staff and the program and things like that. I definitely missed out on that autograph session and again this year. So kind of upset about that. Hey, um, did Coach Cronin give you any kind of math lessons again last night? <laughs> he always he always has some kind of number he likes. Like he was really uh, happy about the 19 points they had off turnovers. That that for him was a good number. He was excited to see that. There's always certain things he's going to look at numbers wise after the game, but he did not pose it to us in the same pop quiz format as he did after the first game. <laughs> and Gave us a night off. And the last question I have for you, and probably the most important question. Um, is this a school contact you about any royalties for the fifth third better arena slogan? I, first of all, I can't take complete credit for that because if you know they have these like unveiling and ribbon cutting ceremonies, and like it was it was Pavlovian. Every single you know either fifth third member or UC person who's trying to get the good graces of fifth third member, they were <laughs> rattling this this phrase off and so it, it kind of almost became ingrained before the the arena even opened um so i i give complete and full credit to uh to fifth third company you know if they want to use me in any sponsorships or anything like that i'm, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of well my wife <laughs> my wife works there so i'll see if i can't put in a good word for you <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming back on with us i appreciate it if you want to check him out he is justin williams uh he's on twitter he's pretty active on twitter he's at williams underscore justin pretty easy um he's also on the athletic uh you can get trial subscriptions you can sign up the same way we did um and he's fairly active on there as well um I think he's answering pretty much anybody who's commenting on his uh, articles on the athletic. So, and I'm and I'm loving the uh, interviews with the old players like Bobby and and Nick. Those, those are oh, great, great interviews, right? So be sure yeah, to check no, them I out. I appreciate that. Those are always good to do. Absolutely. Again, we appreciate your time. Anything else you want to throw in there, Justin? No, seriously. You know, I appreciate what you guys are doing, and uh, and I always appreciate uh, you know anyone who's, who's reading and interact with me. It's it's been great covering the beat. So uh, great talking to you guys. And anytime, I, I love what you guys are doing, and appreciate it. Thank you, Thank sir. You. So next up, Bengals. How about them Bengals? God, that was bad. Did you watch the game? Uh, I did. I did the watch whole game? the game. Well, yeah, and I did, and I didn't want to. Uh, I really just wanted to turn it off and go to the mall or something. I don't, but I, I did. I watched the whole game. So, I was in the car driving on my way home from Michigan. Okay. Uh, we went up and visited her sister, and I listened to most of the game on the radio until I got home, turned it on, and I was just. It was like end of the third quarter at that point. Um, it was bad. It wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was so bad. Um, so, obviously, we had the bye week, and the Bengals came, and 
They shit the bed. There's no real other way to say it. I don't I know mean, what they did during the bye week. It was no one knows what they did during the bye week. It was it was so bad. Um, so yes, yeah, so we lost the game to the Saints, fifty-one to fourteen. Um, it was the worst three games of defense in NFL history, and we fired Terrell Austin. Well, I'm glad we're making some, breaking some records. Um, <laughs> defensive coordinator Terrell Austin. He lasted what? Uh, nine games, eight games, eight games, eight games. Um, second year in a row, we've fired a coordinator midseason um, after not having done so for 49 years. And Marvin Lewis, also known as our head coach, is going to be the new defensive coordinator. I was going to say, is he really our head coach now? Or Yeah, he's still got that title. He's still getting paid as such. Well, I mean. Um, but he does have the white troop. Special assistant to the head coach. Do you remember that episode of The Office? The uh, assistant to the regional. Yeah, it was an ongoing joke the entire the entire time. Um, and the it's memes, just like the Bengals, the the memes and gifts have been everywhere of of Dwight Schrute, Hugh Jackson. It's been pretty phenomenal. Um, <laughs> so Marvin hasn't actually run a defensive uh, like a defense play calling since 2004 when he actually took it over from Leslie Frazier right. who was our then defensive coordinator um, we got Baltimore up next they're 4-5 and five. we're sitting at 5-4 and four. we currently have the 6th seed in the AFC which still puts us in the playoffs um, playoffs? <laughs> we gotta win this game this I'm just trying to win a game I can't I don't want to say this is a must win at this point you can't lose this game, though. No, you can't lose this game. Um, no, not if you want any shot of winning a game in the playoffs. And uh, we you can't have lose to this beat game because I'm supposed to beat. Right. And Baltimore is not a team that's going to throw up 500 yards of offense like Kansas City, like Tampa Bay, and like New Orleans. All three of those teams have put up like 500 yards of offense every week. That's not. It's not crazy that we got decimated by their offenses. Have they determined if Joe Flacco is even going to play in this game? He did not practice today. See, that's not a good sign for them. So if we lose to them for, with, without even having Flacco in the game, we're, we, we're done. We very well could be looking at Lamar Jackson as the starting quarterback. Now, with that From being Louisville, said. right? Hmm? From Louisville? Correct. Ooh. Oh. Heisman Trophy winner. Big BP, uh, PB. Any play with him? Preston, Preston Brown? Maybe. Uh, he might have already been gone. I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, Preston Brown didn't practice today, though. No, he has a uh, knee injury. He does. Um, he wasn't allowed to comment on it. As he said, I can't comment on injuries. I can't um, comment on anything. So we had a lot of guys out today. Um, Preston Brown, as we already mentioned. A.J. Green, we already knew. Looks like turf toe. Um, Drake Kirkpatrick was out. And he was on concussion protocol. Um, Tyler Croft still out with that uh, foot injury. Josh Malone, he was out. I think his is a knee. Um, Nick Vigil still out. Adolphus Washington was out. And limited, but still practicing, were Vontez Burfick, Darquez Denard, Alex Redmond, Vinny Ray, and John Ross. So, what about um, uh, Tyler? Is he still out? 
Tyler Croft? Yeah, no, Tyler um, Eifert. Eifert, yeah, he's on IR. Okay, I was hoping for a miracle. What, what, no, I'm, no. When, when you put them on IR, they can't come back. Miracles happen unless they're on IR designated. To come miracles back. happen. Stop it. Okay, you watched the movie, and we also watched his injury. <laughs> so, Ed, I mean, you watched the game. I watched the game. That that game was embarrassing. That's not a team that is going to win any games in the playoffs. Um, obviously, Tara Lawson was a good fit here. Uh, <clears throat> ever since the Steelers game, yeah, when we ran that cover zero and you heard players going back to the locker room talking about we ran the Never defense that. that we should have we were told to run clearly they weren't comfortable running i'm not sure the any of these guys were ever really comfortable in that defense i no. think honestly i know rome wasn't built in a day but marvin you saw some of the video of yeah. marvin out there practicing today he's g- getting loud See, we're seeing emotion from this dude he was pushing players he was hands on guys he was trying to show him what's up like yelling at i mean we're seeing emotion out of a guy who's generally emotionless um so did you hear what Stephen a had to say about marvin go ahead and play it it really really is uh listen i'm not about to sit here and make an argument with terrell austin okay uh-huh. Uh, he was a golden boy. He was one of the uh, guys that was perceived as being one of the leading candidates to ultimately become a head coach someday uh-huh. uh, in the very near future. But when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, second to last in points allowed, dead last in yards allowed, dead last against the pass, second to last against the run, giving up over 500 yards in back-to-back-to-back games to Kansas City, Tampa, and New Orleans. Okay, we understand it. Once again, no. Who's the head coach? Once again, no matter how, how many how many coaches have to go before this ownership for the Cincinnati Bengals, as pathetic as they get, continuously finds an excuse to keep Marvin Lewis while you let go of everybody else. Fifteen years and counting. This man has been a head coach and has yet to win one single damn playoff game. And I don't have the numbers in front of me because the news just came down. So we didn't have an opportunity, Max, to look up how many coordinators or coaches have lost their job or have moved on from Marvin Lewis, but he still stays there and keeps his job. It's utterly ridiculous. You know what? The citizens of Cincinnati deserve better. Unfortunately, they evidently are not going to get it because it's bad enough that this guy is gone. Who's taking over Max's defensive coordinator? So so, so instead of losing his job, he got another damn job on top of the head coaching job. Now he's a defensive coordinator too. You got to be kidding me. He gets another job. Probably going to get another damn paycheck too. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so Steven does not like Marvin. So I have a rebuttal to that though. Go for it. So Steven's in wow. his ivory tower looking down on Cincinnati the same way that most of the talking heads do. Right? Okay. So That's fair. Before Marvin got here, I remember what Cincinnati was like. Uh, not winning? Does Stephen A. remember what Cincinnati was like? Um, probably not. No, probably not. So I remember what Cincinnati was like without Marvin, but... I mean, how many years has it been? It's 2003, 2002. 
It's been a long time. I mean, we were just graduating. We were just graduating. You were just graduating. I have another year left. Uh, first grade. Had to do that twice. Uh, but anyways, it's at some point, he has to take responsibility for this. He's responsible for the coaches. He's responsible for the players. He's responsible for the management of this team. So we can't just say that it's his coaches and all that stuff. At some point, this is Marvin Lewis's fault. So I agree with that statement to an extent. Okay. Because I think more responsibility falls on the ownership. Well, yeah. but You can only play with the pieces happen. that you're given. And you can only play with the power that you're given. Now, we but, were we were told we were told in the offseason that Marvin finally for the first time got to make all the decisions on the coaches. So, Terrell Austin is on him. Now, with yeah. that being said, Terrell Austin was also highly touted as as Stephen A said, Replaced the next him. best guy who was an up and coming defensive coordinator. Now, his system just didn't fit these guys. This system has been in place since Zimmer was here. Well, that's true. And that torch was passed to Gunther. And now that we don't have Zimmer or Gunther, who had very good defenses, ranked as such, um, we just we we didn't have the soft zone that Terrell Austin wanted to play. These guys aren't meant for soft zone. You saw that in Drake Kirkpatrick getting burnt all over the place. He's a bump and run guy. He's not a soft zone guy. Vontez still, I'm not even sure he knows how to tackle, but he wasn't here for the first four games, so he didn't have a firm understanding of the defense by the time he was actually out there starting. That's true. So it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a very long transition to get into a good rhythm with this old new defense. Um, because I think Marvin's going to fall back into the Mike Zimmer and Paul Gunther style of defense that they ran. Um, so you're not going to see a whole bunch of linebackers dropping back into coverage the same way that you did. You might see some blitzes the same way that Marvin ran in Baltimore. So we didn't have that with Terrell. No, you're right. We didn't. We didn't. So I don't know. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic because we do have – a much easier schedule. Somebody brought it up on one of the podcasts I was listening to. I want to say it was the Bengals beat, but they said that you feel like this was probably already writing on the wall going into the bye week because you were going to play the Saints. But did you want that Saints game to be Marvin's first game as the coordinator taking over? Because then he would have been the one being lit up. Right. You knew the Saints were going to put up points. That wasn't a secret. Everybody knew that going into that game. Right. You just had to hope that our offense was capable of trying to keep up. After that uh, false start, when they were going for it on fourth and one early in the game, and instead of going for it on fourth and one, you got that false start and you had to punt. After that, the wheels were off. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. We have Baltimore. We have – after that, um, some of the other teams that we're going to be playing are Oakland. We got Denver. We got Cleveland, Cleveland. twice. Um, and our new assistant to the regional, um, <laughs> Hugh Jackson, He's <laughs> he knows Cleveland better than anybody. We basically have the Trojan horse coming in. Um, and he's already prepped for Baltimore and Pittsburgh. So he knows those teams as well. He's played so, twice already. Hmm? He's played Pittsburgh twice already, hasn't he? I think he? you're right. Yeah. 
Um, if I not, like he, he, he at least tied them. Right. <laughs> so, in any case, I don't know. I mean, you figure that he's not going to have to do a whole lot of prep work as far as knowing what they bring to the table. Um, he's going to be helping on the def- defensive side of the ball um, quite a bit from everything that Marvin's saying. Uh, he says he's not going to be helping on the offensive side, but Hughes already said publicly that he's open to Bill Lazor coming in and you know just kind of bouncing anything off of him that he wants to try and see what's up. He's here to help, he said. I'm just here to help. Until he takes over. Well. Because I think that's actually what he's here for. I think I'm it is, I'm not too. sure that Marvin actually is here past this season with Hugh coming back. No, there was a succession plan. Uh, in place before he left and I think uh, when he got released by Cleveland Mikey Brown said hey let's do this come on back so we'll see how that works for us and Hugh has the personality that I don't think he's going to let Mike Brown push him around the same way that Marvin did I don't know man he's fiery man I mean that's true he did put uh, Baker Mayfield in when when ownership really didn't want him to he also got into a fist fight with Chad Ochocinco during a playoff game. Oh yeah, yeah, that was him. Yeah, I forgot about that. Now the one thing Hugh. that the the thing that I'm probably most excited about with Hugh Jackson coming back is the fact that every part of the team that he's coached has improved. The receivers, That's true. the receivers when he was, um, what was he the uh, was he a. He was receivers backs. coach. De- well, but then he moved to defense also. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he came in as defensive backs coach after he was at uh, Oakland. Oakland. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, every every part of the team that he's coached up has, has improved. So, like I said, cautiously optimistic is where I'm holding out and the fact that we're coming into the softest part of our schedule. So, yep. Um, moving on, FCC. We have a new logo. We do. And it looks like it was put together with clip art. A new crest. So. They could have paid me to put that logo together. The new crest, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> it looks like a shield. It is. Um, it's a blue upper left. It's kind of got like the uh, the diagonal white stripe through the, uh, through the seal. Yes, it does. Um, where Cincinnati is written. Up that stripe, which apparently is supposed to represent a city on the rise. Um, the blue upper left has FC in it. Um, Gary the Lion. I didn't know his name was Gary. Or they would name him after the best person in Cincinnati. Apparently that's a thing. Gary Clark. Uh, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> um, Gary the Lion is in the bottom right um, in the orange portion, he is holding a sword. <laughs> he is apparently wearing a crown for the Queen City. He has wings. Three feathers in his wings for the three years so we spent in the USL. And seven points in his mane to represent the seven hills of Cincinnati. There's a C in his tail. There's German-style lettering to represent the city's heritage. What do you think of the logo? Um, one I word. Just yeah, one like word to describe it. What, how are you going to describe that logo? Problem. I think it's cheap. 
don't know. We'll see what happens. I compared it to some of the other logos um, in the M, uh, MLS, MLS, and it's. I mean, it's pretty comparable to them. I just think we could have. It's on par with those for real. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, not. I mean, some of them, yes. Some of them come with. They just have the crest and they have things inside the crest. But some of them have like their actual. I don't want to say mascot, but creates the crest. I don't remember who, what team it was. Um, well, it's not the Red Bulls. We know what their logo is. Well, that was USL, but that's. They have the New York Red Bulls up here, right? In the MLS? I'm not sure. I think they do. We have a whole new league to learn, dude. Yeah. So the Minnesota uh, United FC, they're Falcon or something? Kind of Falcor? Falcon or something? Oh. Falcor from Neverending Story. Oh, jeez. We should have got that. It, his wings come out to make the crest. I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't love it. The New England uh, Revolution one is pretty sweet. And LA Galaxies is nice. It's just funny to me that they had this huge big event, and I'm not sure why, when it's damn near the same logo. Like it looks like the MLS logo. It's, it does. And that's definitely been a thing that it's yeah. been compared to. Um, I did see somebody say that it's been called a gas station logo. Oh, haven't heard that one. Um, I also saw the same guy said, and I wish I could remember what the guy's name was on Twitter, um, but he compared it to um, like a food cub or something like that, a food lion. I don't know what that oh, was. Oh, um, I know. It's a Kroger brand, I think. Oh. Yeah. Um, compared it to something else, too, but whatever. I don't love it. Um, yeah, Food Lion. So, some other things of note, though, along with that big announcement. Um, they're no longer Football Club Cincinnati. They're officially Football Club Cincinnati. Spelled the American way. Uh, so, they dropped the German portion of that. Okay. Um, and there, there was rumor that they were going to do like foosball, foosball, um, and that nope, not a thing. No. Um, also, they've informed the media that when talking about FC Cincinnati, they want to be referred to the first time as FC Cincinnati. The second time, they said they can be referred to as FCC or as FC Cincy, never FC. I didn't get the I didn't get the email. Well, I read it all. Okay. Um, they also have a slogan. Um, it goes, "Ignite and unite, now and forever, the orange and blue." I'm okay with that. The, the, the Bailey will turn that into a song. Um, and they do actually unite probably better than anybody else. They're very inclusive, from families to. Ignite, All the different ignite. groups. Um, I mean, you see gay pride flags and everything else. Um, they're just very accepting as far as a, a fan base goes. So kind of cool to see as far as that goes. Um, some other things of note for FCC this week. Alan Koch won USL Coach of the Year earlier this week. Um, he was 23-3-8 this year. Um did win the regular season championship overall as coach for FCC. He is 41, 14, and 21 
Um, of course, that record will be left in the USL, and he will begin afresh with the MLS. Um, he did set the USL single-season point record at 77, and also uh, for wins at 23. Um, Emmanuel Ledesma, who shouted out your son at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Favorite he, player. He won the USL MVP today. Yes, he did. Um, Most valuable player. Some things of note about him, though. He was the second FCC player to win the award. Um, Sean Okoli. Okoli. I'm not really sure how to pronounce that. 2016, he also won the award um, before he jetted for New York FC in the MLS. Um, Emmanuel also was USL All-League first team. He had 16 goals this year, which was an FCC record. Um, he had 16 assists, which was a USL record. Um, he was a 10-time USL Team of the Week player. Uh, he also won Player of the Month in both June and September, and he was voted the midseason MVP as well. So, Congratulations. You did it. You did it, Emmanuel. Congratulations. World's best cup of coffee. What? That was a elf reference. Sorry. It's... Tis the season. Well, don't forget that Forrest Lasso also won Defender of the Year this year in the U.S. So I would have forgotten that. Well, well done. You did your homework. I'm better. You did better. I did better today. I'm so proud of you. Bill would have uh, roasted me for that one. He would have. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Um. So, moving on. A little bit about the Reds. Michael Lorenzen did not win a Silver Slugger Award. Which is crazy. Along with Scooter and Eugenio Suarez. We get... None of them won the Silver Slugger. We get uh, screwed out of this stuff every year. Um, The biggest snub, in my opinion, was the Michael Lorenzen, as he... Hit 290 this year, four home runs, 10 RBIs. Chick dig, chicks dig the long ball. Yes, they do. Um, he had a 1.043 OPS. Um, German Marquez from Colorado. Keep in mind that everybody hits the ball far in Colorado. It's the air. It is the air up it's there. It's also the weed. Uh, maybe. It's maybe. Can neither be confirmed nor denied. Denied. Um, he only hit 300. Um, Right on the nose, actually. Uh, He had nine more hits than Michael Lorenzen, but he only had one home run, five RBIs, and was only boasting a 650 OPS. Um, That's bad, man. It's not good. It's a bad look. Like, what are you doing giving this guy? Six hits? You gave it on six hits? They hate us, man. They They, hate us because they ain't us. They hate us because they ain't us. They hate us because they ain't us. Although, the, the... the lineup for Reds Fest uh, came out this week. Like, Scooter's nowhere to be found, from what I hear. Oh, I didn't even look. Which, I don't know if he's coming back. Uh-oh. But uh, it's not impressive, and I don't know if I'm going to go. Well, they still got some signings to make. I'm going to... Um, They're making some moves in free agency, which is what they've been talking about all off season anyway. I'm going to sign up for the guaranteed autographs, and uh, we'll see who I win from there. They hate us. Because they ain't us. Um, 
so I know last time when if you listen to our drive out from the exhibition uh, we touched on a little bit we did hire Derek Johnson as pitching coach from the Milwaukee Brewers yes, kind did. of wanted to bring it up again um, when he was with the Brewers um, his staff finished eighth fifth and fourth in ERA he finished with a 3.94 ERA during his tenure there um, he wants to build focus on building strengths rather than weaknesses He's well-versed in analytics, which I think is going to be a much bigger focus than ever before under David Bell. Um, and he's already very familiar with the division, obviously, coming out of Milwaukee. Yes. Now, the other hire that we've made is we hired Turner Ward as hitting coach from the Dodgers. He's replacing Don Long, who was here for the last five years. I, I'm really happy we hired a guy named Turner Ward because Don Long... I don't that name and Dick Pohl before him. I think was Stop. was the, I'm just saying, man. Some some names, man. These names, um, but Turner Ward. Long <laughs> Turner Ward uh, took the he assisted in taking the Dodgers to the World Series the last two years. He says he wants to win. That was an important thing for him to come here, and he also said he wanted to be closer to home. I think both these guys came here because we probably threw stacks of cash at them. Oh, probably, um, yeah. <laughs> but it's good to see them making these moves, you know what I mean? Like, it's not your vanilla last year, Brian Price coming back as manager and bringing in one free agent. Like, it was awful. Um, Turner Ward, though, he did have improved stats each of the last three years. He was somewhere in the top five at one point or another in the following categories, home runs, walks, slugging, on-base percentage, and runs scored over tenure. Most notably being they finished first in home runs while he was there, um, which is going to be even easier to do here at Great American. Well, yeah, because it's a small ballpark. Which is why it's going to be hard to bring in a sexy free agent pitcher. Will you remind me to keep this thing on one ear? I don't know why you keep putting it on your ear. I don't know. It's just the feedback. Yep. i got to fix that. Uh, some other thing in notes for the Reds, though. The Hall of Fame Museum is being renovated. What? Should, yeah. Should be ready by opening day. Oh, good, because I, uh, I have season passes. To the Hall of Fame Museum? Yes, sir. That's the nerd in you. No, it's um, my, no. Hold on, hold on. Miles got these. <laughs> Miles got the oh, family pack. Miles. Miles did. All right. And well so done, Miles. Now we can go. I think my mom tutored him at some point. Maybe <laughs> when he was on the football team. <laughs> I hear these things. Um, Played basketball. Uh, the Reds are also celebrating their 150th anniversary this year. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. Thanks. Um, for and they up. have 15 different throwback uniforms that they're going to be wearing this year. I'm excited for the cutoffs with the pinstripes. I want that jersey so bad with Griffey. Um, but I want the gray one. Well, hold on. We might be able to find you one. I've already tried to look. They're really hard to find. Did you look in China? Nah. Uh huh. All right, so we're not doing anything. I don't know if we can order anything from China right now. Didn't we cut tariffs or something? I got that Oscar jersey. All right. Um, you got anything else on the Reds? Um, no. Round and third. Round and thirds. Third. So, Eb. Yeah. What happened to your computer last week? It broke. How'd it break? Um, Bryce knocked it off the couch. Oh, you figured out which kid it was? Yeah. I told Michelle your theory, and she said it wasn't him. <laughs> so. 
<laughs> my theory was that Michelle, his wife, did not want to tell him which kid did it because she was worried that he would love them less. I don't know if that can happen, but all right. So she broke down and told him which kid it was. Yeah. I think she told him it was the younger of the two. Because how old is he now? Like uh, 16 months? months 18 months? All right. So he's 18 months old. You can't get mad at an 18-month-old for knocking your computer over. No, you can't. Um, but I, when I found out, there was only about 30 minutes left on the battery. So I had to get all the show stuff off it. All of the... Um, <laughs> All of my drone videos. All because every pictures. time you plugged it in, it smelled like burning plastic, right? Burning metal, yeah. I thought Yikes. it was going to catch on fire in my lap. Uh, thank goodness it didn't. But it wasn't good. But uh, shout out to Scott at um, Hollywood Tech Solutions uh, for helping Hooking me, it up. Picking me pick a new computer. Um, running desktop now instead of, uh, instead of a laptop. So. He hooked it up. There's your advertisement, Scott. You did it. Congratulations. You, you got the it. show back on the air. It only took a week. So, um, I must ask you one of the Justin Williams questions. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, are you jealous of my new podcast chair? Yeah. It has a cushion, although it's not very cushioned. I mean, I'm sitting on a makeshift cushion on yeah. a wood chair. I'm a little Some, jealous. Uh, you got that floor seat. I'm sitting on a chair from uh, Fifth Third Bank Arena. Uh, one of the floor seats from the old from the old fifth third before we made it a fifth third better it's a number 13 <laughs> it's a number 13 um, so if you sat in number 13 um, I picked the gum off the bottom of it for you so if you want it back it's in my trash apparently that was a thing oh and your hat sticker still underneath here too <laughs> so Ed yeah now that it's official what do you think about Le'Veon Bell sitting out the whole year? I'm fine. I'm He's done. Uh, he can't come back. Um, did you see the video that came out today? Bud Dupree and some of the other teammates were raiding his locker, taking his cleats. They took his nameplate down. They're done. I hope they sell it. Sell it on the internet for big bucks. His cleats? Yeah. They were Jordan cleats. Oh, yeah. Definitely sell those for big bucks. Those uh, those ones that look like the thirteen patent leather ones, you know. Yeah, what I'm talking get about? yourself some money for those. Yeah, it's got like the black Jordan trim. 12s. They're all white. Yeah, Are they twelves. I think they're twelves. Elevens. Twelves. Maybe they're elevens. Twelves. Anyway, I know my Jordans. Do you? A little bit. I know the twelves and the thirteens. Anyway. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the new Ultimate Cincinnati Hangover Cure? Tell me more. Apparently, you get a cup of chili from Skyline and some sliders from um, White Castles, and you dip your sliders in the chili. Oh, I saw somebody tweeting about that. I didn't know what so, that was. Yeah, so there was a tweet about it earlier this week, um, and then friend of the show, Nick, who hooked me up with those retirement signs over there, pretty sweet. Okay. Um, he, tonight, before we went on the air, bought them and did it. That was the picture. In the little cup of chili. So oh, this is happening. Are you following Nick? So, I don't know. It was on our Twitter. Oh, then, yeah. Definitely Nick yeah. then. Yeah. All right. So, um. It doesn't sound shot. terrible. It doesn't sound terrible at all. I once marinated a steak in Gold Star. Or, I'm um, sorry, Skyline Chili. And then grilled it. And it gold Star is gross. Yeah, um, gold Star is horrible. 
Are you allowed to do it like with a cheeseburger instead of just a regular? No, you have to do it with a cheeseburger. All right, cool. Because the jalapeno, who gets okay. A burger without cheese. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, it's Whitey's. I'm in. All right. They still have onion petals. We already talked about that. Oh yes. yeah, we did. All right, that's cool. That's cool. What's the next PlayStation game you want to buy? I want to buy. Oh well, there goes my question. I want to buy Red Dead Redemption. Well, you can ask your question still. I just want to know what ne- what the next game you want to buy. What's your question? How's Red Dead Redemption? So good. <laughs> um, can you name your horse on there? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just bought a whole bunch of horses the other day because I had a this whole is, bunch of I'm money. I'm gonna keep this a PG. <laughs> hey Aaron, what are you doing? Name my horses after the pitching coaches that the Reds had. <laughs> Long dog. <laughs> Dick Pole. Dick Pole. Brian Price. I'm riding Dick Pole right now. <laughs> Me and Dick Pole just went out for a nice little ride. Um, Why did I say it like that? I don't know. It was I don't awkward. Know Do you have a favorite NBA team right now? Uh, the Rockets. Same. The Rockets with my boy Gary Clark. I'm not even a LeBron fan anymore. Like, he'll always hold a special place in my heart because I enjoyed oh, watching him in Cleveland. I enjoyed watching him in Miami. I enjoyed watching him in Cleveland again. I can't follow him to L.A., dude. Well, he's not doing very good in L.A. either right now. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, I thought he was yelling at Ingram. Ingram yelling at everybody because he's the king. Ingram will throw shots. Just ask, him. Just ask uh, Lonzo Ball looks like Drake. <laughs> I'm upset. 50,000 on my head is disrespect. That's for you, Alex. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Gary Clark's a problem. He and is a problem. We'll have more on Gary Clark hopefully next week. Hopefully next week. Yes, we will. Hey, besides beer, uh, what's your favorite alcohol? Um... Vodka. Really? Yeah. All right, then. Well, because... I can't relate. Bloody Marys. Oh, you are a fan of those Bloody Marys. Yep. When we went up to Capitol, yep. you were all about trying to find one of those. Yep. I'm not so, a fan. Um, I feel bad for you. Um, uh, maybe one day you'll get me, talk me into it, to the stupid headphones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe one day you'll be able to talk me into uh, drinking one. It's a uh, it's a it's a nice way to start the morning. It kind of depends on what you're having for breakfast a little bit. Um, um, usually, it's two sausage patties, uh, two orders of bacon, and two scrambled eggs. It goes well with uh, biscuits and gravy as well. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, little biscuits and gravy. You know who made some really? Oh, we're gonna go there. All right, you're up. Oh yeah. I so mean, it's your turn, not you're up. This is the last one. Um, what about Xavier losing to Wisconsin? I'm okay with that. Oops. I found my new uh, hated Xavier player. Uh, the one who looks like Riff Raff, the rapper. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until you said it. Yep. I thought he looked like a like a player that you made on 2K. That's a friend of the show, Timmy's joke. Uh, oh, where to go, I, Timmy? I can't, I can't actually claim that one. Where to go, Timmy? But uh, I'm sure he got it from somewhere else. This kid's um, name is uh, Hanky, Mc, Hanky McStanky. What's his What's his Twitter handle? We got oh yeah he's gonna block you in a week. He will have me blocked before the crosstown. I think it's goes. I think it's Hanky McStanky. It's like the stain train. Do the stanky leg, Zach? 
Um, yeah, it was really funny to see Xavier. Um, one of their there it is. I think it was Xavier Barstool called us out like, "Hey, you see, why aren't you on here?" And it was like a picture of the undefeated teams after the first week, and people were already retweeting that same tweet. That didn't age well. <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> it lasted one week. I mean, and it was really funny to see like the whole JP Mercura thing come back up where he was doing like a gator chomp. I still oh, don't know Wisconsin why. Last I don't know night. why he was doing a gator chomp. Neither one of the teams have any affiliation. Affiliation. Take whatever. off the headphone. It's off. Affiliation. Oh, it was easier. Uh, with Florida. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he was doing that, but they did it in response last night because J.P. Mincura is the self-proclaimed biggest asshole that Xavier has ever had. So, so he's 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 taking it in. He's retweeted a bunch of things people said about him last night, and then somebody tweeted JP Makura. Um, you know, this is JP Makura saying it. I'm the greatest asshole in Xavier history. Like Zach said. Hankins, hold my beer. Riff raff, riff raff, hold my beer. Can we call him riff raff? What up, riff raff? You can do whatever you want on your personal Twitter handle. I'm on my personal. Not on the shows. We have to be able to at least look it up later on. <laughs> All right. You got one more? LMFAO. I do. Um, now that it's 20 degrees outside, um, are you still wearing socks and sandals? Nah. It's oh, too man. cold for all that. Good, I haven't good. even put on shorts. It's just. Oh, you're not wearing your sweatpants shorts? No, I'm wearing actual sweatpants. I'm going to have to retire the Bearcat Jam shorts. Until when? Next week. Spring. No, like next week when I wear shorts. <laughs> All right. Bum of the week. Cause you're training like a damn bum, you know that. Bum. A bum. You are a bum. You're a bum, and that's all you'll ever be. A bum. Well, that hurts, man. I missed that for a week. Two weeks. And that's all you'll ever be. Who do you got, Aaron? I got Sean Payton. <laughs> I was surprised you we didn't come bring into that up. our house. You break the fire alarm. I tweeted him. Um, the fact that he went for it on fourth and goal, and they did score. He didn't care. Um, but it was late in the game. They were. It was already over. He kept Drew Brees in until like the last. No, I don't think he ever took him out. He didn't. We took it out. I don't, I don't know that they ever brought in Teddy. Um, they did. They did. Did they? Yeah. I stopped watching well, towards the to. end there. Um, I wanted to. It was... Oh, I had to unpack and bring all the stuff oh, upstairs sure, and yeah, all that. Excuses, I hear you. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, first off, you broke the fire alarm. Like, that's literally on a, like a, a, on a fence. <laughs> it is. It's... A, well, it's, it's so, um, shout out to friend of the show, um, uh, Sam's husband, whose name I can't think of right now. He's a fire inspector. Um, said it's not a federal offense, but it, you could definitely get fined. I didn't say federal. It. I just said it was an offense. Well, you could definitely I'd get fined incited for it. Up to sixty days, I thought I saw, but no one's ever actually going to get sixty I'm, days for breaking I, if, a fire. If alarm. I'm a Hamilton County prosecutor, go sit in jail for sixty days. Stop it. 
That's, You're gonna that's, miss Christmas, that's a bit huh? ridiculous. You're going to miss Christmas. Um, the alarm should have been going off for 15 minutes. Apparently it was a portalette that was on fire outside. Yeah, it still shouldn't be setting the alarm off for 15 minutes. Got to make sure everybody's safe. Override. But don't break the alarm with a helmet. No, he used a hammer. Well, whatever you use. Like, be, be better, Sean Payton. Who has to tell, like... Be better. Who has to tell the building maintenance guy, like... You got to replace a fire Sean alarm. Sean Payton just busted this out. Sure. So, my bum of the week is going to be Fitchburg State basketball player Kiwan Platt. And I don't know if I said it right, but I don't care. I don't know if you said any of those words right. Uh, Fitchburg? I said that right. I didn't even know that was a place. Uh, he's a criminal justice major, and he's going to need that degree because uh, he's been suspended and indefinitely barred from the campus immediately. Is that for the dude who put the sucker elbow? punching? Yeah! So, do- I what saw the- that. I saw it on Barstool today. Yeah. <laughs> I saw dude, dude hit too. a three in the corner. Dude hits a three Bow! in the corner. He Elbow doesn't brag or anything. I mean, if it's J.P. McCurry you're doing it too, fine. Or Zach Hakins. J.P. McCurry would be the one doing that. That's true. Well, and then people are saying, you think Grayson Allen's bad. Check this guy out. But, um, no, he's... So that happened to me in high school, sophomore year. Somebody took an elbow to your face? Well, he tripped. We, we He went up for the shot. I went to block. And his feet tangled up in mine. He fell to the ground. I caught my balance. I ran out of the other end of the court. I turn around. Here he comes full steam ahead. Just like fist out. Just ready to hit me. I weave it. Duck and weave. Duck and weave. Yeah. Duck and weave. Grab him and throw him on the court. And then I do the DX chop. Crotch (laughs) chop. that That was key. He got ejected. Then after the game, one of his buddies comes up and shoulders me in the high five line. I got Chris Waite behind me going, you going to let him do that to you? So I go after the dude, and then I go after the other guy. Oh, dad. I got suspended for one game. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't get suspended from school. Oh, dude, it was rec league. All right. So just because I haven't said it all show, because I've been slacking that week off, messed me all up. Um, plus, we had the car show the week before that. So. It was a great show. Um, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Pardon the Punctuation, on Twitter, at PTP Podcast Cincy, on Instagram, Pardon underscore the underscore punctuation. Give us a call, 513-818-2077, with your questions, comments, feedback, hot takes. We got one for you, actually, here when I finish up. Um be sure to check us out, www.pardonthepunctuation.wix.com forward slash blog, and email us anything you want to write about with your blog ideas. Yes. You've seen us publish other people. We want to hear from you. Pardon the punctuation at gmail.com. We can hire Justin. No, we can't hire him. We can't afford it. I can all we, I can pay him in is pulled pork or something. <laughs> That's all I can pay him in. Uh, but anyways, before the Ohio State game last week, we did get a phone call um, from friend of the show, Brandon. He's gonna be on with us. Next week. Next week. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah next week. Next week. Um, so here's what he had to say. It is a little outdated, you know, because of the computer situation. Uh, but still good stuff. What's up, fellas? It's Brandon. About twenty minutes till tip off. Between the Ohio State Buckeyes and the UC Bearcats, I know y'all are uh, are busy right now preparing for this game. I just wanted to give you all a call and uh, wish you guys good luck and t- 
tell you, hopefully no hard feelings when the Buckeyes put it on your Bearcats in your new building. Uh, if I'm wrong, feel free to razz me on this week's show. But also don't forget to shout out Aaron I's beloved alma mater, the Wright State Raiders, as they open up against Western Carolina at the Urban J. Nutter Center tonight at 7 o'clock, as well as the Dayton Flyers who take on North Florida at the newly renovated UD Arena. So uh, I'm not as big in basketball as I am football and baseball, but uh, it is a great time of year getting into college basketball season in a great city, a great basketball city like Dayton, as well as UC, or in Cincinnati with the UC fans, as well as your crosstown rival there, uh, that team that I will remain, that will remain nameless. Um, props to you on the mobile show. Uh, sound quality was good, and uh, no sound faux pas for Ed because he couldn't blame it on the Internet. That was good, so no punctuation pardons there. Uh, for the most part, just wanted to give you a call and say go Buckeyes, and uh, good luck tonight. And I'm looking forward to hearing your uh, your recap of this uh, Buckeye blowout of your Bearcats in your new building later. Hmm. So, f- so first of all, he was right. Xavier's not in Cincinnati; they're in Norwood. So, <laughs> um, second of all, the internet hates me. Um, it's been better today. We've, it, we've been fine today. It's been good today. Still got to load some programs in this thing, but yeah, it's been good today. Um, Wright State did win that game, by the way. How they, um, yeah. 96 points later. Wish we could have had any of that offense. I that wish night. we could have had six of those points. Um, Wright State's 2 and 1. My alma mater. Uh, My alma mater. They're, uh, they're putting up a lot of points, though. 96, 54, and 84. Um, so, anyway. Go My Wright alma State. mater is. Go uh, Raiders! Is uh, that NKU. So. And they've won both their games. Yeah, they've been doing all right. Three games. How funny is it that we went to other schools, yet we love UC more? I mean, I went to UC for six weeks, but it's fine. I don't think that counts. It counts. Do you have any credit hours? Yeah. Do you? I transferred over to NKU. Life mistake. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Not UC Claremont. All right. Anything else you got? Um, besides what's in Ed's fridge. What's in Ed's fridge? It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? Oh, my God. It's about time, right? I love it so much. That's what I did on the new computer. <laughs> I was bored. Here, here, here. It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? Well, I had to say everything slow because I didn't want you to, you know, part away and punction. I can't. I can't talk tonight. What is in Ed's fridge? It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? All right, we segment. got two Ryan guys. Which one you want? Uh, 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 semi dry. Bang. I got Ryan Geis crash into me. Yeah. It's a pale into me. Uh, comes into 5.4% alcohol by volume. 44 IBU. Bang. How's that going to taste? Eh, like a pale ale. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why that was a thing, but do you want, I want to do that? Do you want to talk about the beer that you just sipped? Oh, sorry. You're yeah. So worried about the laugh. So I'm drinking cider geist, semi dry, which is much better than the dry, by the way. All right. Uh, Probably because it's only half as dry. If you're a cider fan, but you know, not. I mean, it's it's a lot less sweeter than bubbles. I don't care for bubbles at all. I love bubbles. I drink that on my birthday. Six point two percent alcohol by volume. It's in a twelve ounce can, uh, which equals out to three hundred fifty five milliliters, and it was brewed here in Cincinnati. Well, and canned. Yeah, it's Brian Geist. Of course, it was. Well, I'm just reading the label for you, dude. Like I said, calories, zero grams of fat, seventeen carbohydrates. Mine's a pale ale. It's good. Mine's a cider. It's delicious. All right. So, pray for me that I make it home okay. Yeah, I was looking at some stuff here. <laughs> Apparently, there's some some issues on the highway. Yep. Um. Other than that, I'm gonna finish this beer. For Ed, I'm Aaron. We out. Peace.